Welcome to the Northeast Beat. I'm your host for tonight, Dan Solo, along with my co-host, Paul Casara. How you doing tonight, Paul? Um, I'm doing good. I'm a little under the weather today, but, you know, we're going to talk sports and I'm going to feel better. <laughs> That's the hope. That's the plan. So, as... Uh... As we left the what, probably about a month ago, we did the AFC preview, and now we're pr- pretty much going to be coming to you um, uh, every week at this point, I think, because next week will be um, our sport, our betting preview for uh, college football and NFL, and then after that, we're pretty much into the season. There might be like one more week off, but um, yeah, we're we're pretty much here. I mean, college football starts next, next Saturday. It's a bit of a modest slate. I think there's only about 10 games, but, uh, you know, when there hasn't been football on a few months, that Vanderbilt-Hawaii game at 10 o'clock at night is going to be looking pretty good. Yeah. I mean, you see how, like, people get excited about preseason, you know, alone, and those those games end up usually being pretty bad. Like, I mean, you have a lot of players, you know, um, just, like, trying to make rosters at that point. Like, a lot of teams are sitting their starters – um, you know, but just knowing that football is, you know, uh, here again, just gets people excited. Doesn't matter what, what kind of game is being played. Um, so yeah, I mean, I would, I would like to do a draft show too. I, I don't know when your <clears throat> drafts are, but mine is usually like the week before the season starts. Um, and I'm like newly invested in this season because as I've told you, Danny, I got the first overall pick. In my draft, um, funny story behind that, but we can we can address that story when uh we when we have that episode, um, because it's it's kind of fun. Um, but anyway, yeah, I I think we'll be you know we'll be on every other week and you know just talking more football. Yeah. So I I guess you know as the season starts every year. Um, it always starts in Canton, Ohio, the birthplace of, of American football. Um, the Hall of Fame game is always the first event uh, of the season to coincide with the induction ceremony uh, two days later on the Saturday. Uh, I, I don't think last time I talked about it, I had made the decision, though, a couple weeks ago that I was off Thursday, Friday, uh, and wanted to take a Saturday off and I head out to Canton for the weekend's festivities. I have a book. It's 100 Sporting MSC Live, Live or See in Person, and the Hall of Fame induction weekend is one of the things. So um, it was really it was really a fantastic event. Saturday especially was, was a fun day. Uh, the ceremony lasted about three hours. Um, then afterwards I took a break for about an hour and then the last three, three and a half hours I was in the hall of fame. So you really got, uh, you really had a good, um, day in terms of understanding football history and the importance of, to me at this point, America's game. (laughs) I don't know if it's the pastime like baseball was, but it's now the, um, it's now definitely the biggest, the biggest sport in this country by far and away. Yeah, a hundred percent. And you were sending a lot of cool photos of, um, you know, just the the busts and everything. Uh, the one you sent me of, uh, it, it was the ball with Troy Aikman's handprint in there, where you could fit your hand and see how big yours your hand is compared to his, because apparently he has huge hands. Um, you know, so yeah, that that's cool, and it looks like it was a really cool experience for you. Um, 
What, I get, what was, and I said to a couple people there, what was really cool, the last time I was there, I think, was the 2009 season. So, like, 13 years, think of how many guys have gotten inducted, like, you know, Peyton Manning, Randy Moss, Terrell yeah. Owens, um, I'm trying to, like, further back, like, Ray Lewis, you know, yeah. guys like that where they weren't there, and, like, you know, you go back and all these guys have since been inducted. I thought that was really cool. Um, uh, I got a I got a picture with me and John Madden's boss. John Madden always been really important uh, figure to like my love of football. And he's, he's educated so many people like casual fans and more in, uh, you know, experienced fans of football. Uh, mm-hmm. So doing that was cool. Uh, I, I was glad to see his um, uh, you know, like him get honored at the ceremony. Uh, Dick Vermeil has always been one of my favorite coaches. So, you know, it, it was funny. I, I totally expected it. You know, every other one's speech is eight minutes. His is like 24 and a half minutes. He went on so much longer. He's like taking his high school players and taking guys like at his like West Coast schools and UCLA and stuff. And it was funny because he mentioned like two or three times he coached, I think it was UCLA and they beat Ohio State. He kept saying they beat Ohio State. And he's like, if we don't beat the Buckeyes that day, I'm not here. (laughs) <laughs> like it like and it's like well, it's like near central Ohio where Columbus is and yeah. he, he must have mentioned it like two or three times like thank god my quarterback played the game he did that day because the rest of my career doesn't happen otherwise yeah I mean I feel like moments like that too you know like sometimes it just takes like a big win or something to like catapult someone otherwise if like they lose it you kind of like forget about them but you know even if it's undeserving but like yeah no that's that's crazy. <laughs> you know, with the uh, the Jaguars had the Hall of Fame game, so there were uh, there was a ton of Tony Baselli fans there, who is the first Jacksonville Jaguar inducted into the Hall of Fame, and it was like pretty cool. My my friend Chris is a big Jacksonville Jaguars fan, so I sent him a video of Mark Brunell inducting Tony Baselli. I'm like, this is as Jacksonville as it gets. <laughs> yeah. Um. It was interesting, too, to see it was the first ref that got inducted. I'm really surprised. Like, considering I think NBA and baseball has people inducted into the Hall of Fame, that it took this long for a referee to finally make it. Uh, I feel like yes, but also, man, I feel like fans love to hate the refs. Yeah. Like, I, I mean, I guess, like, from the perspective of the game – you know, if there's a ref who had a big part in whatever, then, you know, yeah, induct them. But honestly, I feel like unless it's about, you know, talking about penalties or like missed calls and stuff like that, refs are hardly like recognized by, you know, fans. Like never, I don't know the last time somebody was like, you know what? Yeah, those refs did a really good job calling that game. Yeah. <laughs> like, I mean, like, he has, like, different things on his resume. Like, he was the creator of, like, instant replay. Like, stuff like that where it's, like, mm-hmm. obviously that's very important to football development. Right. Yeah. And also he ref for, like, 35 years, I think, somewhere, and worked in the NFL in some capacity for that long. Do you think Ed Hockley is going to be the next ref to make it into the <laughs> I I think someone will probably make it in before him, I would think. Man, I got to learn – and I got to – Learn about the refs. Well, I don't know. Did you see what I posted to Facebook? That was really interesting. I posted a bunch of photos from my trip. And the um, 
The one was very interesting because it it showed what all the refs' occupations were when they're not doing football games. Very mm. interesting. Like one someone I saw for I don't think I think they were an ump. They're a pilot and an NFL ref. Like that's why you know like oddly enough, I feel that works out really well though. Yeah. Because schedule wise, yeah, because you probably do like two or three days worth of flights. Right. And, right. Yeah. That's interesting. All right. Well, we'll keep an eye out for the next ref that makes it into the Hall of Fame. We'll see next year. I don't know. That that bottom floor, at least the way they set it up this year, that was that was a pretty cool floor though, because it was like the one side was all the new Hall of Fame inductees, like you know, big moments from their career was like one side. Mm-hmm. Then you had a little spot uh, for the um, for the uh, not the XFL, the yeah USFL. Mm-hmm. this past year like all the from you know all the uh important moments from this past season the first year for the usfl then you had the uh the black college football hall of fame like you had a little area for them and then near the other side was um um stuff like uh walter Payton's shoes when he broke the uh, rushing record oh like right? so like pretty cool yeah. stuff like that yeah yeah that's cool they had uh, right across from that. They had Alan Alan Fanica's LSU locker. Um, so like, but that was all in like same area. So you had like a ton of history right there, though. Yeah, I I bet you could spend hours in a place like that. Yo, well, that's what actually wound up happening because Friday I did like three hours there, and I was there from like three to three thirty to six thirty, and then. I had tickets to the the Guardians Astros game that night though. So mm-hmm. I went to the entrance and I'm like, "Hey, can I upgrade my one-day pass to like a a year-long membership for like an extra 25 bucks or whatever?" And they said, "Sure." So that's that's what I wound up doing. And like because I ran out of time, so then I knew I was going to come back down on Saturday and see gotcha. see it for 3 hours like and that was more like the more recent history the um you know, stuff like Justin Tucker, the 60-plus yard field goal he made, like mm-hmm. all the more modern stuff. Got you. But that, yeah, it was a great weekend. You know, it wasn't it wasn't the best Hall of Fame class. Um, you know, uh, it wasn't like the one year, like two, three years ago, where it was Randy Moss and Terrell Owens inducted. I mean, Dick Vermeil is, a, you know, probably, I don't know, top 25, top 30 coach maybe in NFL history. Uh, but – you know, I live near Philadelphia. He was the coach of the Eagles for close to 10 years. And then more recently, obviously, that big one with the Rams to win the Super Bowl. I feel like that, I, if not for that win, I, he's probably not a Hall of Famer. Yeah. But that, that, you know, put him in. And also, I mean, that's one of the more entertaining teams. I mean, the Rams were good for a long time after that. Like, oh, 102. I think they were pretty good. And, Is Was that the Kurt Warner? Was that? Yeah. Or, yeah. They all. Oh. Oh, I get confused. I, Mark Bolger was on one of those teams. I think it was Warner, and the, the one they lost to the Pats, though, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, they were good for a while because they lost to the Panthers the one year. Who's I think Ricky Manning returned a pick six for the game. That was a great game. I think that was a double overtime game. Panthers beat the Rams one year. I think that was I think Bolger played in that game, though. So that, that was maybe 04, 03, something like that. That was a little more recent. Um, 
But, uh, you know, Vermeil definitely, I would say, was one of the biggest names. He's, he's like, liked by everyone, too. He's in the media for a while, so that helps. Like, he had a long time. I think he was retired from football from, like, 84 to 97, 83 to 97. So he went about 15 years, which is, like, a long time. And then he even mentioned it for, like, the Rams to give him a chance to get back into coaching after, like, that long. Yeah. Like, that's a long time. Yeah. And the win Super Bowl. I mean, I don't think they were great the first two years, and then all of a sudden they – that I wonder what their odds were in '99. I did like they came. I, I remember they came out of nowhere, like no one was expecting them to win. Mm-hmm. I, they were probably like 75 to 1 to win the Super Bowl that year. Honestly, I feel like I, the, the way the NFL is set up with parody that kind of makes sense though. Because if you're that, I that was kind of the same thing with the Cowboys in the 90s. Like they when uh Jimmy Johnson took over, I don't think they were good until at least like what 91. I think he started in 89 and then they weren't good until like 90, the 91 season. Yeah. So they had like two terrible seasons. And then um, whenever the Herschel Walker trade was when they just, they got all that capital to just, you know, destroy in the draft. So um, I guess that's the way the NFL is designed is teams that are on the lower end are supposed to, you know, hit the middle of the pack the following years just because of you know getting higher draft picks getting better players you know building a roster so uh you know but yeah i mean i'm sure we could look that up what what their odds were yeah the yeah the first year super bowl i remember was the hackers against the broncos yeah that's the first one and then the broncos beat the falcons i think the year after the packers brought because i love the packers growing up Mm-hmm. And Brett Favre, that they were a fun team, like back in the day. Yeah, gunslinger. Yeah, bombing it down the field, hoping his guy catches it. I'm trying to remember. I don't. Yeah, I don't think the Rams. I think the Titans were okay in the mid '90s. I think the Rams were bad for a while. I feel like like they had Eric Dickerson. They were pretty good with him. Then I think they dropped off for a bit, and then. They were like bad 97, 98, and then they won the Super Bowl. Titans were always, I mean, because right, they lost to the Bills that one game in the playoff, the 41 38 game where the Bills were down 35 to 3 and came back and won. The, <laughs> the Titans were always a pretty good, like a better a better team than the Rams for like the 80, 80s and 90s. Or I don't know about the 80s, but 90s, I think. Like early 90s, the Oilers were pretty good for Titans. So, so you'll be able to, uh, translate this for me because again i'm still learning all the betting stuff uh 1999 st louis rams their odds to win were set at plus fifteen thousand. what is that oh wow 150 to one so they're a big long shot so i'm trying to think you know let me take a look this year who hmm. would be like 150 to one it's probably going to be like the bears or like that's how like a shock it is let's see uh, let's see, 150 to one. Yeah, I, that's, so to put it in perspective, the Falcons and the Jets are 125 to one. 125, wow, yeah. Yeah, and, and the Texans are 175, so it'll be, it'll be somewhere between that. So yeah. I, I guess you could say parity is definitely a little more alive now, because the Rams weren't, they weren't awful. Like, they weren't that unlikely. Well, here's what – here the little blurb kind of mentions that at that time, the league was a little bit more defense-oriented. 
which kind of makes sense because I feel nowadays it's, you know, teams recognize that they need good defenses and need better players on defense, but scoring is prolific. So you're just kind of, you know, if you can score points, you're just going to outlast your opponent versus, you know, I don't know, back in the day where, you know, maybe they didn't throw the ball as much. They relied on running more, you know, just fewer scoring opportunities. So the games were maybe a little bit closer, not to say that you didn't have blowouts and everything or innovative offenses, but, um, you know, I mean, the way that they're described here kind of sounds like, you know, the, like a chiefs Rams or chiefs bills game, just people scoring at will. <clears throat> yeah. Well, like, the, I'll never forget that game as long as I live because it's such a contrast to how they play. But so the Rams won their first playoff game 49-37 against Minnesota. So, it, you know, it was an explosive game. The one I'll, I'll never forget, though, I remember it was like yesterday. I was at my aunt and uncle's, not you, <laughs> Dave's <laughs> uh, house for where it was Tampa-St. Louis. You were waiting for You were waiting for a game that – you were waiting for a, a game, to, like an explosive game to break out. Although the Buccaneers defense at the time was good. Wound up being an 11 to six final though. Mm. It's like such a random, like it was so low scoring. It was like, let me t- I think it was, let me see how the, the scoring was for that. That's so bad. Yeah. It was like, um... Funny enough, though, wasn't that like the score of the Super Bowl between the Rams and the Patriots recently? What was the final score of that game? I think it was what I think that was 13. Yeah, it's something horrible. Yeah, it was, uh, it it was a field goal from Jeff Wilkins, uh, a St. Louis safety, uh, Ricky, uh, I think. Ricky Prohl? Yeah, 30-yard pass from Kurt Warner. They failed in the two-point conversion. And then two Martin Grammatica field goals. That's um, so bad. Like, amazing. amazing. Never again. That game feels like it was yesterday. It was 23 years ago, which is crazy. Um, yeah, how did we get on a tangent about the Rams? No, about, uh, about Dick Vermeil. Oh, yeah, yeah, that's right. <laughs> And then he coached the Chiefs and Trent Green a little bit later to finish off his career. Um, Bryant, Bryant Young from the Niners, he definitely had probably the more, what's the word, like uh, heart-wrenching speeches of the weekend. Mm-hmm. He, I think it was, I'm not going with Bones, but like I, I th- he tore his, he, he almost needed to have his leg amputated. ACL and MCL combined, I think, and somehow he was playing football within like the year. It was like, and he wanted to, you know, that. And then uh, his uh, his his son wanted to die. I don't know. He was like in his teens, so I don't know if that's pediatric cancer, but he had, I think, brain cancer. Okay. Passing away. So that, that was. He's had a tough. He's had a tough last twenty years or so. Brian Young. Not like a big moment for him to yeah. have. Then. Uh, like Richard Seymour. I never thought watching him, he was a Hall of Famer. I don't know. I thought there was a couple more important people on the Patriots defense in the, in the 2000s. I don't know. I thought he was a decent player, but like, yeah. Yeah. I, you know, I feel like, I feel like sometimes it can be, you know, 
at least for players, it can be statistical stuff. Like statistically, they were really good, but also again, like, you know, maybe they just have like a good story or they're, they were influential in other ways, you know? Yeah. Um, I feel like there's, there, there's going to be plenty of players who statistically should be in the hall of fame just because of how good they are, but might just get overlooked because like they don't win super bowls or, you know, they're on bad teams, you know, stuff like that, which I don't know. I feel like, um, I feel like the same way that, you know, some of the, the league, um, you know, awards are handed out. Uh, it, it really should go to like players who deserve it for one reason or another, instead of just, you know, kind of funneling them in there. Um, which I don't feel, I think we've talked about this in the past that the NFL actually does a pretty good job of, you know, making the hall of fame pretty exclusive. Like yeah, if you're yeah, in there, yeah. chances are it's like you deserve to be in there. Um, I think they said what, like 264 players, 263 players are at least it's pretty selective for, for context that wouldn't even fill out a league's worth of rosters. Like yeah. that that's in one year. That's so few players. Yeah. So um, <clears throat> that would fill out like five rosters. Yeah. Um, but no, again, that's that's cool that you got to go there and like experience all that. And um, I mean, I feel, I feel like one day I would do it, but I got I got to find another reason to go to Ohio just then, then more for just that, you know. <laughs> so maybe I'll make it like I'll just plan it one summer where it, you know, go and explore uh, some other part, and then loop in the the Hall of Fame game with that stuff. Yeah, um, like are, you're. Do you like like theme parks? Like Cedar Points out that way. Cedar Points are really good amusement park. I'm I'm more of a museum guy, to be I honest, mean, which is why I feel like I would actually enjoy the Hall of Fame. Yeah, well, I mean, even there, you still got the. I mean, in Cleveland, you got the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Oh, you got. Oh damn! Yeah, yeah. Right, you got just, the Pro just... Football Hall of Fame. Then you've got, and I've always wanted to see. I, I, I'm surprised I actually never have. In Pittsburgh, you got the Andy Warhol Museum, which is pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I, I've heard good things about it. The, um, you've got like a couple. I thought there's a third, a third one near Cleveland. So I'm trying to think. But you got those two. I mean, Pro Football and Rock and Roll combined. That's a pretty, yeah, those two alone. That's a pretty big combo. Yeah. Um. Yeah, and then uh, I did pass. I did pass LeBron James High School. I took a picture. Same sense of St. Mary, and then the uh, he, he has the new uh, new school. I guess he created the, the Pro- I Promise School. Yeah, in, uh, yeah. in, in like downtown Akron. So I drove past there. That's awesome. Um, it was a, it was a good trip though. It was uh, you know, it, if I wasn't off Thursday, Friday, I wouldn't have done the trip. But that worked out perfectly. Yeah. I feel like. Yeah, glad it did. Um, yeah, the the Hall of Fame game. Uh, it, it is what it, it is. What it is. The uh, to me, the Raiders got a pretty damn deep team. I mean, when they're they're playing uh, Zamir White from Georgia in like the third quarter, yeah. <laughs> and. Yeah. Uh, What's the the old lines running back? Amir Abdullah is the fort, like looking for a roster spot, like Amir Abdullah, and uh, they had Kenyon Drake playing second quarter, I think. So like, 
they seem like a pretty deep team, <laughs> like for all things considered. I I think the Raiders are gonna have a pretty good year, honestly. I yeah, you know, I feel like there was oh, it was like a Stephen A. Smith segment. I shouldn't even be giving this any airtime, um, but he was like, "I'm not sold on the Raiders," and I'm like, "Dude, what are you not sold on?" Like. At worst, their defense is probably middle of the pack. Their offense has Devontae Adams, Derek Carr, Darren Waller, uh, Hunter Renfro may be a, a meme of sorts for wide receiver, but he's still a good wide receiver. Uh, they got a good running back in Josh Jacobs. And I think Drake is back up. Yeah. You know, o- O-line's decent. Like, w- what makes you think that they won't be able to compete I, I think the only thing maybe you can say is their division is really tough so it's like you know it's different than being in a in a weaker division and just steamrolling other teams and you know that's going to affect your standings down the line but like the the makeup of the team you can't be upset about that if you're a Raiders fan like that you got something exciting to look forward to yeah definitely um they they led from the get-go that game, really. <laughs> they scored, I think, it was only a field goal, I think, the opening drive, but yeah. they wound up winning that 27-11. to 11. Yeah, I mean, they played the Jaguars, right? Yeah. yeah. Jaguars look tough. They really look tough. They look tough? Like, like, like uh, rough. Not good? Like, yeah, yeah. I mean, how many other starters were playing? Like, did Trevor Lawrence play? No, Lawrence didn't play. So. Yeah. I mean, I-, I feel like the Jaguars – I'm curious to see like what their uh, how the new regime will, um, you know, turn them around because I feel like they got talent. It's just about if they can put it together. But um, yeah, I mean, they that game, you know, let off the the rest of the the weekend's games um, or the the following week. Yeah, I forget that's like an additional game. Yeah. Um, uh, but yeah, like, you know, I mean, we're not gonna, we're not gonna go through every single preseason game and discuss what we saw, but you know, some big talking points, probably the biggest one, in my opinion, was, you know, Zach Wilson avoiding the, what every Twitter doctor was saying ACL tear, which I totally thought it was too, to be honest, cause th- those non-contact injuries, especially when a player is like cutting, like you don't have to be a doctor to know that when you've seen that play happen in the past, the following day, it's like, yeah, MRI confirms he tore his ACL. Like, oh, yeah. you know, um, so that's, that's a really like really lucky break for Jets fans. And it would have been so like devastating to have him miss his second year. Like that's a year of development. Yeah, that's, that's a year for the franchise. Like, yeah. I, don't, I don't care if uh, they think that Joe Flacco and Mike White could also be starting caliber quarterbacks. Like, they're not. Like, clearly, that's not who you want to be yeah, leading yeah. the team. <laughs> so you don't want anything to do. I, even though I know he had that one good game last year, you don't want Mike White anywhere near starting quarterbacks. No. not over the course of sixteen or seventeen games. Yeah, no. There's a reason why they're backups, and like you know, yeah. I I, I almost wish sometimes coaches wouldn't say stuff like that because I understand what they're trying to say. Like you know, they're trying to show belief in the the guys that they have, but it's like 
you literally can tell like the, the way that the team is made up, the way that the, the, the you know, first, second string, the third string is, is like, clearly we don't think these two guys are good enough to be our starting quarterback. So like, like just don't like, it doesn't matter if you invested this pick in the guy, like you would go with whoever gave you the best option to win. Clearly it's not going to be Joe Flacco or Mike Clay. Like just don't lie about it, <laughs> you know? Yes, we are confident in Joe and Mike. The um, the Ravens Jets game now it becomes more interesting with the Flacco potentially starting at home against. Yeah, Jeff. yeah, that yeah, like literally just going back to what I just said, Joe Flacco actually was a starter in the league and won a Super Bowl with the Ravens. So I guess that that actually does apply. Uh, but that's- I tell you that, that one, we'll talk about more, you know, on uh, next week's show, but the line has moved up to seven, seven with Flacco against his old team. I, I, I like that's a lie. Seven I, points, seven points when Flacco's too much. I think against his old team. Yeah. I, you know, the, the Ravens traded, they, they got Rashad Bateman. They have, um, who is it? Devin DuVernay. Um, they got rid of Marquise Brown, like, they got Mark Andrews. They've got weapons. Obviously, Lamar's good. Um, but, you know, I think the only reason why they're that high is because, you know, you just don't know what to expect from the Jets yet. But the Jets have Elijah Moore. They've got the the rookie, uh, Brees Hall. He's going to be talented. Um, they got a – who is it? Christian Watson. Or is that – that's the Green Bay guy. Um, They've got the, the receiver from Ohio State, right? Jay Garrett Wilson. Garrett Wilson. I always it. keep thinking they drafted Jameson Williams for some reason, but that's only because that's who I thought they were going to draft. Like yeah. James Williams. Uh, but um, you know the the Jets have like a, they have a much better team than they had last year. Yeah. It's not even like yeah. close. You know, it's just going to be like if Zach Wilson actually can like take a step forward in his second year. Like I, I think the Jets have something to look forward to. So yeah. that that is going to be an interesting matchup, though. I. I guess, like, from the reports, it's still kind of iffy on whether or not Zach Wilson's going to start. Yeah, I thought, what they say, three or four weeks? That's dicey. I think, uh, I think it was two to four. Okay. But, like, he got the surgery done, and just it seems like <laughs> the timeline of his recovery is, like, they want him to be ready for week one, but he can't actually get, like, a full week of practice until, like, the week before game one. Yeah. So it's just about like, do we want to rush him back or do we just want to like introduce him week two? So, yeah. um, yeah, I, you know, it'll be interesting to see. I mean, you know, we'll, we'll talk a little bit more about that matchup when we do week one preview. Um, but what were some other, what were some others you had mentioned one, um, the heck was it? Hurts, Hurts going perfect on his opening drive. I oh. thought he, I thought he played pretty well. Miss me with that. Miss oh. me with that. <laughs> I like. All right. I mean, I don't know how. How I don't think Hurts is good enough to be a franchise quarterback, but I don't think I, I like. I, I kind of and I, I said it last year, but I kind of think him and two are the same. Like I don't think like I think two is good enough to win you some games, but like get you a Super Bowl. I don't know. Well, like, okay. Like, so, that's why, you know, I live close to Philadelphia, but I'm a Dolphins fan. Like, I, I view those two as, like, very similar. Like, yeah. a stone's throw from losing their job. Like, 
They're both they both strike me as like undersized. I mean, Hertz obviously is more mobile, but like I don't. It's just I don't know. Like yeah, so, like so, I'll I'll talk more, but when we like do the NFC East, but just in, with regard to those stat lines with like preseason games, you know, okay, one, you know, who who are you playing up against? Chances are, you know, there were some starters rotated in, but like again, a lot of the teams in the preseason they sit a majority of their starters, you know. So there's that. Clearly, the Eagles didn't. Um, or at least they didn't for some of the game. Um, I see a lot of stuff like when I'm rolling through Twitter, especially for the Eagles, like, you know, Jalen Hurts completes a deep bomb to A.J. Brown, you know, deep, deep pass down the sideline, Devontae. And then I like look at who's covering these guys. And it's like, I, I don't even know their names. You yeah. know, it's not Darius Slay. It's not um, uh, James Bradbury. You know, and I think it's just like, I, I don't think there's anybody who would say that Jalen Hurts has never like, demonstrated in a football game that he like can't can't like play well like he's definitely able to play well but man there is a significant hype train with the eagles just (laughs) waiting to barrel through the regular season and i'm just like part of me is terrified by it because jalen hurts is actually as good as you know everybody is saying that he's looking then they'll they'll easily I think win the NFC East, but um, yeah, I'm just like, it's preseason. There's so much like, it, it's good to be excited about teams, but also, you know, you got it. There's, there's context to it too. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I actually, my, I got a friend who's an Eagles fan and we were, uh, we were together because of a, another friend's bachelor party this past weekend. And we were like watching that game. And so I turned to him and I'm like, Eric, six for six. One touchdown, 150 point, 158.3 passer rating. <laughs> so, um, there, there's there, one of the talk show hosts on WIP, which is like Philly's big sports station. He like obsesses over the fact, like, whatever Jalen Hurts is doing in practice, so like nine for 14, and he'll like assess his day. Like, it's so ridiculous. Like, first of all, like, who are they covering? Second of all, like, their passing completions based in preseason means absolute jack shit. Exactly. It means absolute, absolutely nothing. What's important, like, look how if he died, because I, I think he thought he was like underperforming. Look how he did on Friday night. That's all that matters. Yeah. How it did in a live simulation. Like, yeah, like it's definitely something good to like go off of, you know. Um, I mean, preseason's all about like you know, learning who you got in the roster, you know, learning what starts to work in game situations. But the other thing too, is teams are absolutely not showing yet. their the full array of their playbook. Yeah. They're, you know, offensively and defensively, you know, it, you know, it, they're, it, this is, this is again, like a time to see what works and what doesn't. So um, I think again, like, you know, he definitely played well on that drive. Um, but I think even just like whether it be negative or positive, everybody's just got to like temper their expectations about what happens in preseason. Um, and uh, I'm trying to think of some other like a- examples of this. Um, like, like I know uh, I mentioned to you that the, the Cowboys in their game, 
had 17 penalties, which last year they were one of, if not the most, you know, penalized teams in the NFL. And everybody, everybody under the sun, aside from maybe a handful of, you know, people that I follow on, on Twitter were like, same problem as last year, like same issues, same issues. But then like immediately they're also looking at replays of these guys, like uh, Tyler Smith, the rookie guard was called for a holding and it was really just him absolutely like steamrolling another guy and the ref just threw the flag. It's like, how is that his fault? Like, what do you want these guys to do? Like, you know, I, I don't believe in conspiracy theories, but there's also, there's been like threads going on, like try to explain why the Cowboys get so many penalties. And it's, it, it's, it's an interesting deep dive that makes me think there's a, it's, it's not a simple f- solution as like Mike McCarthy having to be a little bit more strict or, you yeah. know, benching or cutting players. Like that's such like a traditional way of looking at it. I feel like that, that doesn't really do it justice, but um yeah, so that was a big one that made me laugh, I guess. Um, and then, yeah, I, I don't know. What do you got? What? What? Yeah, what do you- I, I, I thought really the main storylines of the week, honestly, was that Jeff Eagles game. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, like, I don't know. I don't know. Um, what's the uh, like? what it means. I mean, he's not going to, I mean, we have Bridgewater at backup, but I was glad to see uh, Skylar Thompson play so well for the Dolphins. He played the whole game through for uh, 218 yards, 20 for 28 and a passing touchdown. So well, yeah, I think he was a seventh round pick, but he, I mean, I'm glad it's a friend to play the whole game. You don't see guys play the entire preseason game that often. And then he, he played a pretty good game and we won. So I guess the Bucks. Yeah, uh, Brady didn't play that game, but you know, you rather get the win than the loss, you know. Yeah, I feel like, and again, this just ties back to you know when when you're watching these games, you're trying to watch for what the players can do when they're you know up against just any form of competition that's not their own team. Um, and, and a stat line like that makes you feel good because it's like okay it's not like they're not able to move the ball at all. You know, they're, you know, yeah, it's third, fourth, second stringers, whatever, but the guy is still moving the ball. Well, Um, the offense is able to operate. So it's, it's something that you can look at and be like, okay, like this guy, we might be able to invest in. We, we might have something with him. Um, You know, so uh, yeah, I like, I think, um, that, uh, that's good that they – is that guy there, like, who they project to be their second stringer? Third, third, third. He'll be more. Okay. Yeah. I, I mean, alternatively, like, Cooper Rush, who was the starter in the Cowboys game, he's been in the league for at least four years now, and he played like – he played like dog water. He was, ba- he was so bad. And it's like this is a guy who's a veteran and just looks like – he wants his job to be taken sort of thing. And like, granted, you know, he won a game last year when he started in place of Dak, but um, you know, if there's other guys on the roster who are a little bit more hungry, then, you know, that's also revealing. Like, so. <clears throat> uh, I, I was at a concert on 
Saturday. So I, I didn't really see the results from a lot of football games. But looking at uh, looking at the box score, the Steelers one, I think, is another one to pay attention to. Um, uh, Pickett, Kenny Pickett threw the game-winning touchdown with 12 seconds left, and he threw for two touchdowns, 95 yards in the second half of that game. Mm-hmm. I think – I think the ending like that in terms of potentially starting, that's like the kind of finish you want, like getting the confidence up for yeah. the game winning touchdown and everything. Considering too, that I heard some things out of the Pittsburgh like camp that he didn't look that great at the start of camp. So, um, you know, seeing him kind of get in that game situation again and get more comfortable again, like you know, it, you might not need to start him week one, but if he can get more comfortable working with starters or just, you know, playing with, um, you know, playing in a game situation, then maybe again, you just choose to lean on him because he's your rookie, you know, your rookie quarterback and you want to get him game experience. Yeah. So I would say those really are the main storylines from, uh, from preseason so far mm-hmm. through the first week That's or so. True. Um, uh, if it's right with you, Paul, I'm gonna grab a drink and then we'll start breaking down divisions. Yeah, sounds good. I'll be back to say. All right, now to start off the NFC preview, we will start where Paul wants it to the NFC East. Yeah. Um, so I guess we'll have to talk about the Giants and the Commanders formally. I'm not even going to say their old name because it, we know why they changed it. Um, <laughs> yeah, the, the, the Giants, amongst other things, amongst other things, dude, that franchise is an absolute shit show. <laughs> the whole stuff, like whatever's going on with Dan Snyder right now, like, Man, thank Jerry Jones is kind of awful, but thank God he's not like that guy. What, um, <laughs> is is he pro football? What's uh, the guy you said you didn't like, Pete? Or no, not Pete. It's not Peter King. It, uh, what's the one? Uh, the one you said a couple weeks ago when I sent you something. You said you've tuned him out for two years. Is it Colin uh, Coward? Say no, not Coward. Um, Oh, maybe Skip Bayless? No, uh, you'll know who it is in a sec. Uh, I, I must have pro football. Uh, pro football. Focus. I must have done a good job of tuning them out because I don't remember. <laughs> oh, man. What the heck? Uh, not Stephen A. Not one of those guys. Thinking about it. <laughs> um, right. If you come back to it, let me know. But but he basically said on he said on Mad Dog Show that he could see a situation basically where Snyder stays stays basically outside of the United States until a Republican. If the Republicans take over, it becomes it gets put on the back burner, and he's never indicted, more or less. Which feels like a shit show. That feels like a ways away, but like that's wild that Snyder's that much of an asshole, that he, which he is, but we go out of his way to like kind of do a 
you know, uh, saving what's, like uh, what's his name, like uh, Roman Polanski, kind of just like stay away, from, <laughs> so he's not prosecuted, basically. So dumb. I hate it. Just get it over with. But yeah. Um, anywho, so I mean, the Giants. They had those two uh, pretty much like back-to-back picks. Um, you know, they, they got a good influx of talent. Um, I feel like their roster is not not poorly built. Um, you know, Daniel Jones, though, is just not – he hasn't been a franchise guy. He turns the ball over a lot. Um, so although their team has, you know, a, a little bit of like talent across the board, and I think their defense was pretty good last year, all things considered. Um, you know, they're getting Saquon back. Um, or because I, I know I know he was injured last year. I forget how long he was injured. Mike Florio. Um, Mike Florio? Yeah. The one you said you stopped taking his advice like two years ago or whatever. Was it was that me? Because I don't remember. Yeah, that's the one you said. Like, you, yeah, Mike Floyd, that's who it is. I sent you something. He's like, I haven't. It was something about Tom Brady, maybe or something. Yeah, maybe it was just the channel or something. I actually don't feel like I listened to him much in the first place. But anywho, anywho, um, yeah. So I think the you know. I, it's 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 pretty much going to be the same thing with the Eagles, albeit the Eagles have a much better roster on paper than the Giants do overall. But I think both Jalen Hurts and Daniel Jones are both guys who have something to prove at quarterback. Like they're by no means should they be considered franchise guys at this point. Um, so if they're, you know, if they're able to take steps forward, maybe their teams are a little bit, you know, their teams are going to naturally be more competitive. Um, the, the, the commanders, I mean, you got, they brought in Carson Wentz, but dude, everything out of training camp with him has been, you know, like he's trash. Um, did you see, did you see the interview with the reporter last week? No, it's very, it's very awkward. The Washington GM doesn't want the reporter to like ever interview him again or like took away his press pass or thing. Wait, tell me he made a comment like like basically no franchise wants you. What do you say to your doubter? Like he's like uh you know Philly didn't want which isn't someone on Philly radio said it. It's not true Philly didn't want he he kind of pissed off the fans that like he was kind of aloof near the end. Mm -hmm. I mean I would say the Colts didn't want him fine, but ERC is kind of a pain in the neck to deal with too though. Yeah, I like it. It's so funny that with Carson, it was only a few seasons ago that he was an MVP. You know, he he was putting up MVP numbers. You know, playing at an MVP level, and then it just fizzled. Uh, like I don't know what it is because the same thing kind of happened with RG three. I guess with RG three, you could say he was injured, but. It, his like rookie season, I think the following year, maybe like that guy was, he was set to be like Lamar Jackson esque, and then just they just fizzle out. Like I don't know what happens. I don't know if they're just not put in good situations in Carson's, you know. Situation. I think with Wentz, it's a little between the ears. Mm-hmm. I think. 
Oh, you think he's a nut? I think with him, it's a little bit selfish. Not too much. Yeah. I think he's a little self-centered. And all, the biggest thing, he he doesn't seem, like, accountable. It seems like he always, like, makes excuses for why he's not performing better, basically. And, you know, I think the about va- I, I don't, you know, it doesn't bother me, but the vaccine stuff I know probably didn't help him with the Colts, right? He missed the one game last year, which is big. Yeah, right. yeah. I mean, honestly, how their season ended, it, it really was important because, you know, if he's able to actually, if they win one more game, they make it to the playoffs. So the fact that they, you know, he was out because of that, and then he also, you know, they also completely – you know, shit the bed against the um, the Jaguars in the season finale. Like, how, like, dude, come on, you know, like, but um, yeah, I mean, and to thinking about with like the Eagles and the year they won the Super Bowl, I think that was the season where he was playing really, really well. He gets hurt and then they still go on to win the Super Bowl with Nick Foles. It's like, oh, we didn't actually like, yeah, you were good, but we didn't need you to win. So that must have been like a bruiser on the ego. Yeah. Like I, I would be like, oh, they they pulled it off. Yeah. That's cool. Like you got this ring and you weren't even the one who played in the game, even though you're the starting quarterback. Like that that sucks. I mean, he got them the I don't know if they were the one seed, but he got them. No, absolutely. He, he got them for yeah. yeah. That, they all, they mean, couldn't have been the one seed because I think they played the opening weekend. They played the Falcons that first weekend. So I don't. Yeah, I think they were probably a three seed or a four seed. Yeah, three seed probably. Um, but um, that yeah, um, but yeah, they uh, you know, actually no, they they might have been the five. I think they were a road team, and I, I think that was in Atlanta. I don't think that was in. No, you know what? They were. They were. Because the Cowboys were the one seed in the NFC East. That was, I think, oh, wait, no, no, no. It was that I'm thinking of the rookie season. I'm thinking of the rookie season. Dak's rookie season. It was. I see. think it was year two for Wentz. Oh, no. Okay. I'm getting, all right. They were the one seed. They played the Falcons second round, 15 to 10. Yeah. Falcon, oh, that's right. They played, Falcons played the Rams and they upset the Rams in Los Angeles, 26 13. That's right. Yeah. Okay, so that's what it was. Um, so yeah, I mean, um, <clears throat> yeah. So the the Commanders, the Giants are both teams. Like, I think if you're looking at odds to win, that those two teams have are are, are at the farthest. Um, you know, I, I don't even really know what to expect from them until this season actually starts. Um, I think if I had to put my money on which team would come in last. I honestly would say the commanders at this point, because I I think there's just too much going on with that team and they can't figure it out. For for whatever people want to say about the Giants, at least like they don't have any controversy going on right now. They have a new head coach. Like it's just about whether or not Daniel Jones can, you know, do something with the roster. Um, and, and you're probably, with the Washington, you're probably going to see an absentee owner a lot of the year, depending on what this league yeah. is. Yeah, uh, he he could be you know like uh <laughs> just out of it for a few. Uh, you might not yeah. hear a word from him for a couple months. Yeah, um, it's, and- it's a tough call because to me the Giants and Washington have been bad for a while now. Yeah, um, I mean Washington did make the playoffs, I guess, with Henneke the one year. 
a couple mm-hmm. years back. Um, that was also the year. Gi- Giants with Giants with Dable is interesting, though. There's a part of me that wants to say put them third. I think yeah. both of them are distant third and fourth to Philly and Dallas. Yeah. Um, and so, like, I mean, if you're looking at Philly and Dallas now, like, Dallas got rid of a lot of. I don't want to say a lot of. They lost Randy Gregory. They lost uh, Lyle. They lost uh, Amari Cooper. Um, Where's Amari now? He's with the Browns. That's right. Yeah. So you you the Cowboys last year had a pretty good roster. They were deep, um, but you know they're like they weren't able to win in the first round. Dak after the Patriots game where they won in overtime injured his calf and then it was kind of like from from then on just didn't really seem like he was he was playing at the level he needed to play um you know still did well statistically but like their offense as a whole just kind of like sputtered um so they they go and lose some of these players they're not really adding anybody right now in the wide receiver room I think the Cowboys are really looking to see like what uh, guys like there are other wide receivers like Simi Fajoko, Noah Brown, Jalen Tolbert. Um, uh, the guy's last name is Turpin. I forget his first name. He's a guy from the USFL. Um, you know, they have these guys and I think they're just trying to see what they have there. And from what I've seen from camp, like I'll give them the benefit of the doubt that like some of these receivers are having good camps. Um, the other thing too, is aside from like the, the players you have on the roster, another issue, I think arguably that the team has had is like scheme. Like, I think you can scheme the offense in a way that still makes this team competitive offensively without having Cooper. Cause Gallup's going to come back. They still have CD lamb. Like they don't need Cooper necessarily. Yeah. Right. They, like my, my logic of it, and it might be flawed logic is they had Cooper and that offense still struggled last year at times. Yeah. yeah so yeah. It, 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 to me, it's also like a scheme thing. And like, from what I've heard from camp is that there's, they're using pre-snap motion and not just the kind where it's like a guy comes across and will stop before the snap. And you'll kind of be able to tell if they're in like zone or man or something, hmm. but more of like, the guy is running in motion as the ball is like getting snapped. That kind of stuff that like the Rams do to like really, you know, get guys a head start. And, you know, um, so that to me is good. And like, you know, they talk about the offensive line too. I think right now the weakest points for the, the Cowboys are offensive line and wide receiver. I think wide receiver might end up being okay. It's going it, to – the only reason why I would think it's more rough now is because Gallup's not playing. If Gallup was playing, I'd be okay with it. How long is Gallup out for? I don't know because – It feels I, like he's been hurt a while. I just Well, he, he tore his ACL, I think. Yeah. Um, so he, he's been out for a while, but I think he's like – I think they expect him to come back a little bit sooner than expected – but my likely guess is he's going to probably be out for half the year beyond the IR until like six or eight games, whatever it is. And then he comes back. 
They uh, lost Cedric Wilson too, uh, who's on Dolphins now. Yeah. So they lost a couple of receivers. But like Cedric was fast. He he made some good plays for the Cowboys. He was, he was. But that Simi Fahoko guy I mentioned, who's been having a really good camp. The guy I do like Tolbert. I do like Tolbert. Yeah, we so, talked about good. him in the past too. Um, the the Simi Fahoko guy is apparently like 6'4", 225 with like four four speed, like. He's got a massive like frame and like you know athleticism, and if if he actually like takes a year two step, you know he he might be able to fill the Cedric Wilson role. Maybe not the passing part of it, but at the very least the you know fourth wide receiver role. Um, but uh, yeah, and then you look at the offensive line; they lost Lyle, but Terrence Steele played well his second year. He's the right tackle, um, I, you know. I'm okay with him there. Um, <clears throat> Zach Martin's the best guard in football. The center is probably another position where you're like, I don't really know if that guy's the one, but they have another guy on the depth chart who, you know, might be able to compete for a spot. Uh, the rookie left guard looks uh, like he looks better than what he what was expected coming out of the draft. Uh, and then you got Tyron Smith. If Tyron Smith can stay healthy, he's, you know, he's, probably right behind Trent Williams in terms of best tackle in football, you know, um, maybe with some others mixed in. I know he's getting on the older side, but Tyron Smith's a beast. The only issue is, is if Tyron Smith goes down, you don't have a swing tackle now. And that's, that's not good. Like they got to make sure that that's addressed because the guys they have on the roster currently apparently aren't, aren't cutting it. Like they're just, terrible they're so bad <laughs> did you catch um, did you catch any other preseason game against Denver the other night I, I tried to again like I was out at this bachelor party I was yeah. we were literally bowling while the game was on and uh, I was just trying to watch highlights I was I was more concerned about um uh Tyler Smith that's who I was like trying to key in on um and and again like he's not playing with the rest of the starters so yeah you know I, I'm not too worried about but it sounds like he had a really good game so um, you know, that made, that made me feel better about it. Like, I, I don't care that they only scored seven points, like whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but then, you know, rant over about them, um, you know, going to the Eagles now, AJ Brown, Devonte Smith, really good one, two combination, Dallas Goddard, good tight end, uh, Miles Sanders. They didn't use him well enough last year, but I still think he's a viable running back. Um, Defense, like Darius Slade, James Bradbury, uh, your defensive backs. Um, I don't know who their safeties are anymore. Their, li- their linebacking core has gotten better. Let me take uh, let me take a look at that. Well, they got Nicobe Dean now, so like, yeah. It, well, and they got they got the other kid from Georgia. They got the two uh, Jordan Davis and they, yeah. Their 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 defense should be a lot better. Um. Let's say Philadelphia. Their their linebackers: Sean Bradley, Nicobe Dean, T.J. Edwards, Christian uh, Ellis, Patrick Johnson, Kyron Johnson, Hassan Hassan Reddick. Yeah, Nicobe uh, Stevens, yeah. Davion Taylor, and Kazir White. That's a lot better than it's been though in recent yeah. years. So, like their their roster on paper is probably deeper than the Cowboys is right now. I would say maybe across the board, maybe on defense, not so much. Like losing Randy Gregory sucked. Um, the the right defensive end is definitely going to be 
something to watch for. But like, if if Micah Parsons is rushing, like it, it's not going to matter. They've got Leighton Vanderish. They got Jabriel Cox. Um, they brought in uh, Anthony Barr. Like guys who are that more than fills out the linebacker room. Like you could send Micah all the time off the edge if you really wanted to. I, I do love Sean Bradley and Hassan Reddick both playing college football at Temple and playing ball out for the Eagles. That's yeah. that's awesome. Yeah. Like <laughs> playing in college on that field and then <laughs> getting the play yeah. with the Eagles now, that's cool. With the two Georgia players, you know. Um, but again, like what it's really going to come down to is Hurts and Dak. And I'm actually going to say that as of today – I probably feel more confident in the Eagles winning the NFC East than the Cowboys. That's it. I was just about to say that. I think oh. the Eagles do win the NFC East. But I don't think Jalen Hurts is going to play as well as Dak. Like, I still don't think Jalen Hurts is as good as Dak. I think so you think they're going to win more with the defense, basically? Like No, no. so I, I think that Jalen Hurts can play well enough with the weapons he's got to make that offense work. Okay. But like, like, I don't think that like it, you, like you can't convince me that if Dak was on the Eagles, it'd be no question that they would win the NFC East here. I'm a little bit like Jalen hurts is probably not going to be playing as well as Dak, but they might just win more games because the talent on the team is better. Yeah. So like, honestly, if the Cowboys win with the current makeup of their offense, um, which is still a talented offense, uh, but again, lacking in like wide receiver offensive line. um, If they, if they win the NFC East with that roster, you know, I I think it's all because of Dak versus if the Eagles win, you know, unless Jalen Hurts really does just take a huge leap forward and becomes a, you know, franchise quarterback this season, then you know that that that's going to be my rationale. So I, I'm gonna I'm gonna temper my expectations for the Cowboys. I definitely think they. I don't think they're going to be beaten out by the Commanders or the Giants, um, as long as Dak's healthy. But yeah, if um, you know, I think it goes Eagles, Cowboys. Giants, Commanders. That's that's my prediction. Eagles, Cowboys, Giants. That's actually how I'm gonna say. I'm gonna say this too. Yeah. Eagles. If there's one thing I know, Danny, it's the NFC East. Yeah, I like. I don't. The thing with Washington, they just need to stay healthy as it gets to the late season. They're always unhealthy. One year was COVID. The other year. Like half the defensive line was like banged up, like season-ending injuries. They always seem to get hurt. I guess it turns to the fall, like week 10, 11. Always. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, <clears throat> um, I do know the Cowboys have a pretty easy strength of schedule, apparently. I, I think the Eagles do too. Eagles don't have a talk. I know they open with Detroit. Let's let's take a look at their schedule and the Cowboys. Because you're a fan of them, we can discuss what you think their record will be. All right, week one, uh, home against the Buccaneers. 
Um, I honestly, I think because it's home, they actually win that game. Last year it was. At, I think so. I think so too. Last I don't year, think the Bucks are as good as they were last year. To be honest. Yeah, they definitely brought in some. I mean, they got Mike Evans, Julio Jones now, and I, I think Chris Godwin might play. Um, but uh, yeah, I, I don't know. I feel like uh, they would have. They almost won last year away. Like I think they have a. I think they have a chance this year to win. Um, you know, at home, where they. I think they played better at home last year than in years past. I think they had a better record at home than on the road last year. Um, so I'm going to give them 1-0 to start. Bengals at home. Tough back-to-back to start. Yeah. Kill me. Uh, I'll say they won that. Ooh, okay. Okay. Um, that's tough. Uh, I'd be ecstatic if they start the season 2-0, but I just – I almost feel like they lose that. Though I will say this, I think they'll split their first two games. So if they lose to Tampa, I think they'll beat the Bengals. If they beat Tampa, I think they lose to the Bengals. Uh, Monday night up here. We should go to that game. Cowboys-Giants. Monday night. That'd be going to go to. Potentially. Give me, give me the Cowboys. That's two and one. I will say the Giants pull the upset, and for somehow randomly exactly. start off with like a two and one start, and it gets oh, people talking. Dude, that yeah, that would because yeah, the Giants do get the Panthers at home. I could see them beat the Panthers week two. Yeah, I could see that too. I could see if them start talking about the Giants all of a sudden. Um. Yeah. No, I think they win. I don't think. No, we both have them two and one though. Or, yes. or no, I have them three. Or, yeah, two and one because they the Giants lost. Yeah. Right. Washington to start October at home. When? I'll say when. Three, three and one at the Rams the following week. Loss. I'll say loss. Three and two. Three and two as well. At the Eagles Sunday night football. They got a good schedule. At the Eagles? At the Eagles, Sunday Night Football. I think that's going to be a loss. I think that's they lost two, three, and three. Yeah. Then you got nice. Home against the Lions. Win. Win. Home against the Bears. Win. God, that team needs to figure out their stuff. Oh, then you got your bye week before the Packers. That's nice. Yes. I got them five and three. Five and three heading to the bye is – that's okay. Not ideal, but – Better than nothing. At the Packers. I think they can go in and upset the Packers in Lambeau. I think without Devontae, like maybe in a couple years, Rodgers, if he's still playing, can make something out of that wide receiver. But, like, I don't know, man. You you can't convince me that he's got enough weapons. I'll say they beat or if they lose to the Packers five and four. Five and four. All right. Well, I'm saying six and three. I gotta keep track of this now too. Six and three. At the Vikings, that game is very interesting. I'll say they lose that five and five. At the Viking. Mm. 
No, seven and three. They beat them last year in their own stadium again. <laughs> they, they beat them last year. They're going to do it again this year. Giants on Thanksgiving. When? Six to five. I'll, I'll say six to five. Eight and three for me. Uh, at the Colts. Hmm. I think they – I say they lose that one. I think they lose that one. Me too. Home against the Texans. That should be a win. Seven six for me. At the Jaguars. That should be a win. Eight and six. Home against the Eagles. Christmas Eve. I think this one they win. If they lose that – I did this both with the Eagles. Yeah. Uh, I'll say nine and six. At the Titans. Wait, did you say they beat the Eagles? If they're... I'll, I'll say they split with the Eagles. I'll yeah, say they lose yeah. in Philly and beat them at home. I think so, too. Uh, what was the next team? At the Titans. Uh, Tough game. No, Thursday night, right before New Year's. You know, I, I could honestly say that, like, this could be the kind of game where it's, you know, it's it's a big for a playoff spot. Yeah, yeah. And I actually think the Cowboys could pull this off. I think they could pull off a win against Tennessee, but it would be that like that game's gonna be really tough. That game I'll, say would they, be- I'll say they lose that and then beat Washington on the road week 17. Hmm. Yeah, I mean, the way I have it right now is they're sitting at 13 and four. I feel like I feel like 13 might be too high. I don't know. Like, but but me, like honestly though, like I don't think a lot of those teams that they're playing against are like leagues better than them. Like no, 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 yeah. I mean, no? Like I mean. Packers without Devontae, who knows? Yeah. Like, a lot of these games are probably going to come down to, like – Eagles is a divisional rival. Anything happens. Yeah. Uh, the Rams is the one team I think they're – Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. That No, I totally agree. Like, I think that's why maybe – like, again, you're looking at their strength of schedule. Like, I don't know. I feel like a lot of those games are winnable. Um, maybe, the, the like you said, the Vikings won. The Vikings, Colts, and Titans won. I feel like are really important ones that could go probably either way. Uh, run, I guess run through the Eagles since we only we think it's like their main competition. Tell, um, you know, uh, say what you think for this one. At the Lions, win. I'll say win. Home against the Vikings. I'll say loss. Oh, really? I'd say win, actually. I feel like at Washington. Win. Win. Home against the Jaguars. Win. So three and one at the Cardinals. I'm gonna say loss. Yeah, I'll say loss. Three and two. Home against the Cowboys. We said that was gonna be a win for the Eagles, I think. Right. Home against the Steelers. I think that's a win. Yeah. At the Texans. Yep. So. Five and two. Six and two. Home against the Commanders. Yep. Seven and two. At the Colts. I think that's a loss. 
seven and three. Home against the Packers. I'll say seven and four. Do you think that's a loss? I think they lose back to back Colts Packers. Home against the Titans. Eight and four. <laughs> uh yeah. I, I could kind of see that stretch being like that's a tough stretch. I wonder if that's where it's like things kind of unravel just a bit. Maybe not enough to derail a season, but definitely enough to like because where would the Cowboys be at that point? Yeah, like they, there's a point where they would both kind of be at like eight and four, which would make it a tight race. So that kind of tracks. That that Eagles Cowboys game Christmas Eve that could be a massive game. Oh yeah, that, that, that really could be a massive because if they're like nine and five ish, like. Yeah. That could be a massive game. Yeah. Uh, at the Giants, I say they lose that. So eight and five. Oh, you think they lose at the Giants? I, I think they split with the Giants. If the Giants have a decent year, they got to win one against the Eagles, probably. I, I think they win that one. I don't think they'll lose against the Giants. At the Bears, <laughs> I say they, they win. At who? At the Bears. Yeah. Nine and five. At the Cowboys, I say they lose nine and six, and then they beat the Saints and Giants to close out the year. Eleven Saints and Giants. I actually would say, are they at uh, at the Saints? They're both home. Both are home. Um, yeah, they could probably sneak that out. So, I mean, for me, for me, they'd finish at twelve and five. Cowboys would be at thirteen and four. That stretch where it's like Packers, Titans, Colts, back-to-back-to-back, that's going to be huge for them, too. Colts, Packers, Titans. I I mean, they're not the hardest teams, but three road games around the holidays at Giants, at Bears, and at Cowboys Christmas Eve, that's tough. Yeah, yeah. You're playing playing two definitely cold-weather environments. You're playing Cowboys the day before Christmas. That's tough. Yeah, we're not even like – we're not considering injuries. We're not considering any of that stuff yet. So, like, this is assuming both rosters are, like, healthy. Like, there's there's so much that could happen that really just, like, could derail either one of these teams. But, like, again, I, I think the way the Cowboys and Eagles are right now, those final records actually probably make sense. You could even probably flip-flop them, you know, and that, too, would make sense, you know, or have plus or minus one game either way. But – their schedules are fairly, fairly easy. Um, and I think their teams are talented enough to, you know, compete with most of the teams that they're playing against. Yeah. Um, um, so, you know, it's, it, that should be, that should be a fun race the whole season though. Yeah. I'll say, I'll say Eagles come out on top. I think it's going to be very tight. Yeah. I mean, now I have to say that the Cowboys come on top because of how I, planned out their schedule so i guess i can answer um okay cowboys in spirit no no, no. cowboys cowboys in terms of rec in terms of schedule eagles in spirit that's that's what that's where i'm at <clears throat> um all right so we just spent 45 minutes on the nfc <laughs> uh let's pivot to another Division. Let's just go. We'll go clockwise. We'll do NFC. Uh, what South next? Which is the Falcons, Saints, 
Panthers. There's always that last team that gets me. Falcons, Saints, yeah. Panthers, and Falcons, Saints, Panthers, and Bucks. Bucks, Bucks, Bucks. Yeah. Um. Uh. I, okay. I, like, I think the Saints will probably be more competitive than people give them credit for. Like, Michael Thomas is coming back, and he looks like he's been playing well in camp. Um. The the rookie, uh, Olave. 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 Yeah. Love it. Like he looks good too. Uh, Jameis Winston, for what everybody says about him, he's fine. Like he's definitely not the worst quarterback in the league. Like he's he's good. He's got an arm. Um, <clears throat> you know, it's just a matter of like defense. You know, can they pull it all together? Um, I mean, they did completely ransack the Packers in the first game of last year, so there's potential there. Um, Panthers, man, like I don't know, dude. Like, do we have faith in Baker Mayfield? <laughs> Are we Baker so. Mayfield stands? I, I, I think, I think Mayfield will be all right with them, though. I do. Yeah, I, I think he'll be okay. Yeah, and, and that team also has like some talent. Um. I know that's like silly to say. Is there like a team in the NFL that straight up does not have talent? I, you could probably see the Bears. The Bears are the probably Bears are pretty rough at this point. Talent. Uh, they have like some good players, but they're pretty devoid. Um, Panthers, I feel like, you know, McCaffrey, they got their wide receiver, DJ Moore, Robbie Anderson, like they got good wide receivers. The rookie Terrence Marshall, or not, he's not a rookie this year, but last year, Terrence Marshall. Um, you know, so if Baker can play well, like, like he's got weapons. Um, I'll I'll say this: I, I Carolina is going to be my sleeper team. I think. I just I, they have a lot of good pieces. They really do. I mean, I, I think Mayfield's an improvement off off of Darnold. Honestly, I, I think he'll play all right. Their receivers always seem to be banged up in some capacity, whether it's DJ Moore or um, who's the other one that always gets uh, the one who taught Robbie Anderson, right? He's been hurt here and there. Mm-hmm. It, it just seems like one of them always gets banged up. Um, but really, looking at looking at their defense, their defense has some nice pieces, though. CJ Henderson. Um, Brian Burns on the defensive line. Uh, who else? They got – I like a lot of their safeties. Jeremy Chin, uh, C.J. Henderson, J.C. Horn, Dante Jackson, Xavier Woods. Like, they've got a lot of pieces, like, on defense, I feel I like. Xavier Woods was on their team now. Yeah. He's a serviceable safety. Um. Then they got the I like their special teams, Zane Gonzalez and Johnny Hecker. Hecker's a good punter. Did you say punter? Yeah. Why are we talking about punters? No, he's Hecker's a good punter. He's one of the better ones in the league. Yeah, but is he Matt Areza or whatever his name is? <laughs> With his 84 or 83 yard punt god. Dude, I want to just start buying like random jerseys like that. Get me a Matt Areza jersey. He was a great punter from San Diego State. They didn't freaking score, but they he, he could put the hell out of the ball. He was good for them because San Diego State don't freaking score. 
Um, but yeah, I think I think the Panthers can have a big year, and also I don't think that division's great. Like, who's, no, no, yeah, who's the second team in that? I mean, like everyone was kind of high on the Saints, and then James got hurt last year, and then the season kind of went to shit. Yeah, but like, uh, I mean, it's clearly the Buccaneers, and that's probably why Brady's with the Bucks because you don't have to you don't have to play that hard to beat those three teams. Yeah, like I feel he can. Um... The Bucs are probably the favorite for obvious reasons. Um, but I think they are probably closer to the Panthers and the Saints than Falcons are bad. Falcons might be the worst team in football. They're really yeah. they're trash. That's another team that's kind of, I mean, they got yeah, they're, they're bad. They're, I mean, you do, and this is why and I said it last year. If you were that close to getting rid of Ryan, why not take Justin Fields? Now, what the frig are they doing for the next two, three years? I mean, they might get a high draft pick this year, but like, what do they do? Like, maybe if, not, if they, because I said last year, first of all, you probably had seen gotten near the end of the line with Ryan. Mm-hmm. Why not take a chance to field, see what he got? Instead, they wound up opting to to trade. He, he he went to be a trade or whatever, mm-hmm. and like, but, if man. they were that close to getting, you should have just drafted the fields last year, see what you got then. Yeah, now. They're playing Marcus Mariota, and who knows? Like, he'll be there for like a year or two. If he's bad this year, they're probably going to go with like Stroud or someone at quarterback next year. I mean, which they could have, turn them in a hurry, team. but like, still, like, I don't know what they're like. They've the way they managed that made them grossly uncompetitive for at least two or three years. Yeah, uh, they, like they do I don't have- like why draft and they drafted a tight end. Like, what's the tight end if you don't have your court? Like, I don't get it. Yeah. Like like you said, like last year when it was with Ryan, like kind of made sense. But if they were already thinking like he's not going to be here very long, then yeah, like why get, you know, maybe they thought, oh, like maybe he can make something out of it. Like maybe he can. I I mean, to be to be fair (laughs) at the time, the stuff really didn't go down. So maybe like they thought they'd be more competitive. Like, they're in, like, a tough spot now because they're without him for – it's a full year, right? Yeah. That's – yeah, that's crazy. Um, so, yeah, it's probably going to end up being something like Falcons. I think I'd give the edge to the Saints for the second spot. So, I would go Falcons, Panthers, Saints, uh, Bucks. I think that's my order. I'll say Bucks, <laughs> Panthers – Saints, Falcons. Falcons are a distant fourth. Yes, yes. Falcons might not win more than three. Four Watch them go and win the division. How hilarious would that be? Yeah. What would what would we do? You Falcons. They're so bad. Like Tom Brady gets hurt. Jameis Winston gets hurt. Uh, Baker. Marcus Mariota. Uh, Mariota way over cheese. Good, like MVP caliber, caliber season. Um, yeah, I like, you know, and and like we said, Tampa Bay from last year to this year, like for what it's worth, Tom Brady almost like he literally did retire and then he came back. Like, I I don't know. There's just something about like that sort of approach to it where it's like, like, are you really like invested? Like, I, I don't know. You know, like, yeah. it, does he really give a shit anymore? Yeah. Maybe. You can't doubt him. He's too good. Um, 
But yeah, I'm. I, I how, how long is um not Evans the other the other how long is he supposed to be out for on the? Uh, I think he's. I thought he was going to come back by the first game. Oh god. Let me let me look though. Uh, what's, what's his name? Not Evans. The uh... Chris Godwin. Godwin. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, blah 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 blah. Let's see. I mean, it said he returned to practice. The offense looks a lot different, though. No Gronk. They got Julio Jones in there now, and then no. Uh... They lost what's his name, right? They uh uh John, Ron, Ronald Jones, right? He's he's not on our team. Um I mean they got Fournette. I don't know who else. They got for, yeah, yeah. But, um it, it sounds like Godwin would at best come back at some point in the first month of the season, but not uh-huh. this week. So but but he's progressing well, it seems like. Um yeah, so, um, yeah, I wouldn't mind seeing the Panthers actually put out a good season, like a competitive season, and give the the Bucks a run for their money. I think that could be fun, especially the story of like Bake Baker and everything that happened with the Browns. You know, yeah, it could be good. Um, and the it, Bucks got Russell Gage now too. I forgot about that. Yes. Yeah. He's he's a good receiver. Um, NFC West. Do we have any other talking points on the South? Just expect the Buccaneers to win it again. And really, I just think the Panthers are going to be the dark horse. Yeah, uh, the darker or dark horse team probably in all of football. Yeah. No, I agree. Where do you see? Where do you see the um, playoff teams coming from for the NC? <clears throat> I think, or like the, the you know the outside of the four divisionals. Oh, oh, okay. So like the three, the three, yeah. If the Panthers have a good season, I, I feel like one from the South will actually probably take a playoff spot, like. I don't think it will be two teams from there, but I think the Panthers or the Saints could have a good enough season. Yeah, I think so, too. I think that's right, yeah. Um, Definitely the Eagles or Cowboys. Yeah, one of they those. They got two, teams. yeah. Um, uh, from the NFC West, I mean. Just the Niners or the Rams, probably. Maybe, maybe. Seahawks, I don't see the Seahawks being a playoff team. No, Cardinals could fight for it, maybe. But the Cardinals probably. Yeah. Um, they're over under. I kind of like. They're over under low, eight and a half. I think. Mm, the Seahawks twice. I, um, and then what? The NFC North is probably the probably the Packers. Um. Yeah. Who knows what the Vikings? Yeah. Yeah, but maybe the yeah maybe the Vikings finally win it just because. I, I don't know. It's hard to kind of bet against the Packers though at this point. They uh, they'll make the playoffs like each year. Um, People are really the Vikings are like really being slept on. I like I, 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 I just saw a lot of talk with them. It's weird. Well, didn't is Mike Zimmer still there? Did he? No, he's gone, and they brought in um, 
who they bring. It was uh they brought in Kevin O'Connell. That's right. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I mean, like they, I don't know what their defense is like, but um, you know, they they potentially could turn it around too. I mean, their offense was good last year because they got Thielen, they got Jefferson. Um, I mean, hell, let's just talk about the NFC North now. <laughs> like, you know, I mean, the Vikings, the Vikings offense is loaded with talent. Uh, probably their weakest position is tight end. Um, but even then, is Irv Smith still on there or did he leave? I feel like one of, the, oh, oh no, it was uh, Tyler Conklin, I think. Was like a it was either him or Irv Smith was like a very serviceable tight end. Either way, like a guy good enough to to help. They got arguably. Jeez, Irv Smith is on the team. Who's the other one you said? Tyler Conklin. I think he's gone. Maybe. Yeah. But but I think Irv Smith was actually the one that was. Uh, people were more excited. He's on. He's on Jets now. Re- really. Oh, that's interesting. They got with him and Ozoma, really? <laughs> that's yeah. pretty cool. Yeah. Um, uh, so if, I feel like if the defense plays well for the Vikings, I, I definitely think they have a chance of pushing the, the Packers out. I don't think the Packers have enough. Well, like, I know Rodgers is good. I just don't think they have enough weapons. Like, you're asking him to do a lot. Yeah. Um, I the Vikings look like they got a bit of a tough schedule though. Mm. They open with the Packers. They play the Eagles second week of the year. They play the Saints first week of October. The Dolphins on the road mid October. Come back and get the Cardinals at home. They got a. They, that's they got at the Bills, home against the Cowboys, home against the Patriots on a short week in November. Then they close December. Uh, December's not bad. Home against the Jets, at the Lions, home against the Giants, home against the Colts. Then they finish back to back with at Packers, at Bears. It's a tricky schedule, though. Yeah. Um, yeah, like that's that's disappointing because of all the years where it would be like this is their perfect opportunity to push the the Packers out. They've got a tough schedule, you know. Um, but but then again, it's like they. I feel that they have the offense to compete with it. It's you know, can the defense stop a couple scores? You know, um, and can they stay healthy? But um, what what do you make of the Lions? I think the Lions can actually. I, I think they're going to show signs of improvement. I think out of all the teams in the division, like the Bears are prop, they're definitely the worst team. Um, I think. Or are they the worst team in football, you think? That man, them and Atlanta are pretty close, man. Yeah. There's just like lack of talent. Um, who knows about Justin Fields? Like Justin Fields is, they got the edging quarterback there, but. Um, that's not saying a lot because, you know, he still has to prove a lot. Um, <clears throat> you know, you have no idea what's going on with the Roquan Smith stuff. Like he's one of their best players in all pro and he might not even be on the team if they trade him. Um, 
Lions got such a fun receiving core because it's like it's such a random group. Quintez Cephas, DJ Chark, Devin Funches, TJ Hawkinson, mm-hmm. uh, Khalif Raymond, Josh Reynolds, Eamon Ross St. Brown, Jameson yeah. Williams. Like, yeah. a fun core of guys because they're like, they're not, I mean, Jameson Williams should be good, but like the rest, it's like not, it's not really like an ace receiver. DJ Chark can be good too, though. Chark, yeah. Um, he, he can he can make some noise. Um, yeah, no, that'll be um, and then they got DeAndre Swift too. Like, I, and I mean, everybody loves was it Dan Campbell? Like, um, you know they 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 have they have a better roster. I think they can, you know, <clears throat> they'll definitely do better than they did last year. They did horrible last year. Um. So, you know, we'll, uh, I guess I still think they'll come in third. Like, I don't think they're going to be able to beat the Vikings or the the Packers out yet, but I'm actually going to say the Vikings win that division. Uh, Packers come in second place. I actually want Lions third, uh, Lions third, Bears fourth. And, and I think if, the Packers don't win the division. They don't make it into the wild card. I think if the Packers win the division, Vikings do make it into the wild card. Like, if the Packers don't win the division, I think it's because they just don't have a good season. Yeah. You know, whereas if the Packers make it in, that means they have a good season. I don't think the Vikings are going to have a terrible season. Like, I think they'll, they'll, they'll get in. Um but yeah, yeah. I'll say I'll say the Packers win the division. I think Rodgers has things to prove. It doesn't sound like he's happy with the receiving core though to start. So that, that'll be interesting. And I do like um, I do like Toronto back too. Um, I was gonna say Ryan Grant, not Ryan Grant. Aaron Jones. Aaron Jones. Yeah, yeah. Or AJ Dillon at this point. Who knows? Yeah, AJ Dillon's pretty good too, honestly. Um. <laughs> Uh, I just there Rogers Rogers just knows how to win over Cousins. Yes. Too inconsistent, and um, uh, he uh, Rogers finds ways to win. Um, Vikings just they're like the Chargers, they're like the Dolphins. They win games they should lose. They lose games they should win. They're a weird team. They've always has been. They they always have been a weird team. Um, I'll say second. Uh, I'll say they miss out on the wild card. And then Lions third, Bears, Bears just fourth. Bears might be the worst in football. Yeah, they might be. They, they might be. My wild card teams. I'll say the uh <laughs> I'll say the 49ers. I'll say the um Cowboys and I'll say the Panthers. Uh Panthers, Cowboys, and who else? Panthers, Cowboys, and uh, 49ers. 49ers. Yeah. Um, Yeah, so, I mean, uh, like, NFC West now, Rams got to be the favorite to win. Um, I mean, they they added even more talent to their roster last year uh, than last year somehow. Like, Allen Robinson as a number two huge um he's gonna be 
I mean, he's probably a- adequately rated. People realize that he was like been producing with what he's been given at quarterback. Um, you know, they brought in Bobby Wagner for the defense. Like now they got all pros at each tier of the defense, like Aaron Donald, um, uh, Bobby Wagner, and then Jalen Ramsey. Like the defense is stacked. You know? Yeah. Um, there was a good article on ESPN about Sean McVay. He did sign the extension, but uh, it, it's just a lot about his like potential burnout and like wh- how long will he be doing this? He just he just got uh, I don't know if he's married. I think he's engaged. His wife is from Ukraine though, so that was mm-hmm. like an angle of the story. Her dealing with family members back home with the Russian invasion stuff like that. Um, and it was just a lot about um, like McVeigh near the end of the season and like when Super Bowl, how he finally got over it. He won't be out coached as badly, which he was. He got his ass kicked by Belichick in that Super Bowl. Yeah, uh, a lot about that. That was a good article. It was long, but I recommend checking it out on ESPN. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, it's tough too when like you're you start off so young and you have so much success early on, like. Yeah. I mean, he could be doing this for the next 30, 40 years if he really wanted to, yeah. like, you know, and that's, that's wild to think about. So, I mean, I wouldn't blame him if at some point sooner rather than later, he was like, you know what? I did what I wanted to do. I'm backing out. Um, I didn't realize reading the story. It said, cause he's good with the media. It said his dad was the GM of a TV station. So if you've heard him, he is very good, like with the media talking to people. So it, like if he retire, he he will definitely be like a John. He's like a young, good-looking guy. Like he will definitely be involved in oh. TV if he decides to retire. He, he, he and he's got like a funny personality. Like, I could see him like kind of like being like joking with the personality. I could see him being good. Yeah. Um. Forty ers I feel like I'm curious to see what Trey Lance is going to do. Um, you know, Debo's back, which is good for them. Uh, I feel like they didn't have too much of like roster change, to be honest. Um, I feel like Brandon Ayuk has, um, he's uh, maybe tech- taking a little bit of a step forward this year. Sounds like there are some good things coming out from camp about him. Um, uh, defense good, good as it was last year, uh, at the very least. I mean, they they almost made it <clears throat> to the Super Bowl with a you know piece of cardboard cutter, uh, quarterback in Jimmy Garoppolo, you know. So, if uh, they can get more out of Trey Lance than they did out of Garoppolo, you know, and if they win enough games, like they could make another run, I feel, in the playoffs. They've definitely got the roster for it. Yeah. I it's gonna be interesting to see what Trey Lance does this season. because mm-hmm. um, it's he just he really hasn't played a whole hell of a lot of football over the last couple of years. So it's you're gonna know like quick like where he's at in terms of like football performance. Mm-hmm. And it's gonna um I think they're helped by Seattle being so bad. Yeah. And I do think the Niners are a better team than the Cardinals at this point. So I do like them to sneak in as that last, as one of the last wildcard games. Yeah. 
I mean, the Cardinals, I, I think the Cardinals are another team that really didn't change much from this year to last year. I mean, technically they brought in another uh, star wide receiver. Um, but is it DeAndre Hopkins who's out to start the season? Like, isn't he out? He's out like half the year, I think. Yeah. Like, he's out half the year. I think Marquise Brown is injured. Like, that's going to be rough going. They lost Christian Kirk. He went to Jacksonville. Um, but, yeah, like, I mean, Kyler Murray's good. But if he doesn't have anyone to throw to, he's going to have – what, is Zach Ertz going to be his leading receiver? Like, they <laughs> lost Chase Edmonds. I know they have James Conner, but James Conner was more of, like, their goal line back. Um, what do you think – looking at Seattle now, what do you think they're – like, how do you expect them to do with Drew Locke now behind quarterback? I I don't think Seattle's going to be good. I don't think that they're going to be terrible. Like, Drew Locke is going to be throwing to DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett. He's not going to be throwing to scrubs. Like, and Pete Carroll's a good coach. Um, I, I would kind of, I think I can expect them to win anywhere between like five to seven or eight games, but those games that they win where it's like, like, basically I think three of the games that they would win would be upsets, like for whatever reason, you know, they'll probably just win five if they match up against other teams that are bad. Cause they're definitely like middle of the pack, lower tier team in the league. Um, just because of drew lock. Um, but yeah, I, uh, <clears throat> I don't know. I, um, I don't think they're on the same level as like the Falcons and bears in terms of just desperately bad. Yeah. Um, so going over the divisions now, you think the, uh, the last minute or two, I've been trying to figure out my playoffs. Yeah. Um, you like the Rams in the West, you like the Eagles in the East, mm-hmm. you like the Vikings in the North, mm-hmm. and you like the Buccaneers in the South. Yes. So my – let me finish doing it real quick. All right, this is why I got my playoffs. One seed, the Rams are again they have a really strong year and are the one seed. Agreed. Eagles are the two seed. Mm. Green Bay is the three seed. Mm-hmm. Tampa is the four seed. Dallas is the five seed. San Francisco is the six seed. Carolina is the seven seed. I've yeah. got two. I've gotten a two seven. Philly beating Carolina in the in the three six. Green Bay gets revenge on San Fran from last year. Beat San Francisco. Beat San Francisco at home. Love that. That's who they put right to put San Fran in the playoffs, right? It was, yeah. Uh, 
Yeah. Yeah. They 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 yeah. Um, and you don't like this. I have Dallas beating Tampa. Yep. They're going to win. They're going to win two playoff games this year. You watch. Then I've got Los Angeles beating Dallas and Green Bay over Philly. And I've got Green Bay making the Super Bowl. All right, hold up, hold up. I, I guess I guess the Bills and the Bills win. Rewind to round two. Re- okay. If the Cowboys, if if this plays out as we're imagining it, if the Cowboys beat the Bucks on the road, it will mean this. It will mean that Dak is playing amazing. The defense is playing, you know, well enough to help him out. Uh, they've figured out the offense, you know, that they've, they've gone over another, they have another playoff win under their belt. They didn't win one last year. You know, they're starting to feel good. If they beat Tampa in that first round, and if hypothetically they meet up with the Rams and it's, you know, uh, that's, that's actually flash forwarding back to when they uh, played them. Uh, I think it was Dak's second or third year. They beat Seattle in the first round and then went to go play the Rams. Yeah, um, they got killed by the Rams. Actually. Yeah. Their defense is better now than it was back then. I actually think they can go in there and upset the Rams. I don't know if they'll make it to the Super Bowl. I would imagine if they beat the Rams, they, they have a pretty good shot of doing it. But I'm just – I'm going to say it now. I'm going to say it now. If they get out of the first round, they're making a deep run in the playoffs. I don't yeah, I, I, I agree. You know, it would help them a lot if they avoided the Rams. Like Green Bay or Philly, yeah. they could definitely be. Right, right. They, and if, I, the other thing, too, if the Rams stay at home, I think they're you – need, you need to beat them enough where they're playing some road games. I think the Rams at home will be very tough to beat. Yeah. No, I agree. So, like, if the if – the, if the Cowboys can win the division, I think they really increase their odds. Um, and, and again, it's just it, it, if the Cowboys make the playoffs again, like I don't think they're going to make it just because they like stumble across the finish line. Like I think it's going to happen because the Eagles also have a really good team. The Cowboys have a really good team. It's going to be a competitive division. And, you know, like the, they'll both be strong squads going into the playoffs. The only way I could see the Cowboys not being in this scenario is like they just don't make the playoffs altogether because it's not good enough. Yeah. But if they if they get into the playoffs one way or the other, it's like they're gonna they're gonna compete. So that's my take. And God, God help me, I need that to be my take to keep me <laughs> optimistic about this franchise. Watch it be Dallas Buffalo to 30-year anniversary. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> although, although I do not like their chances against Buffalo, like Buffalo. Hey, but I think Buffalo is time to beat them. <laughs> yeah, just imagine that revenge tour. Like, oh my god, casting away the demons of the nineties. So yeah, I think you know. I think the uh, we did a pretty good job covering the NFC tonight. Um, I do say, you know, it's just right now it feels like the AFC is very top heavy, more so than the AFC is. AFC, I feel like there's more parity. Like East, definitely Eagles or Cowboys. Although I know there's the one division, the South, where it's always like a new team, like every time over the last 14 years. But that would be something pretty unpredictable. I mean, like right now, I think it's a period 
in the NFC South, it's a period. It's just no one. Tom Brady wasn't in the division in the past. That's what it comes down to. Yeah. Tom Brady's there. He's got a 20 year track record. And those yeah. teams just aren't that good. I mean, the Falcons are nowhere near what the Buccaneers are. They're just not. Yeah. Yeah. You know, Saints have, I think Saints should be better. Panthers should be better. I just, recent recent tendencies really don't point to them being as, as tough a competition as Tampa is. East, clearly Philly and Dallas. I mean, da- even though Washington made it a couple of years ago, they're distant still to the Eagles <laughs> and Cowboys. And, and Gi- Giants are a ways to go. Uh, NFC North, Bears should be awful. You've got the Packers could probably be a Super Bowl contender. Vikings should be a playoff spot contender. And then uh, Lions, you know, I guess you could, as a Lions team, you can just hope for improvement. And then the West Seattle with Locke should be terrible. Cardinals, who knows? They should be about 500. And then the Rams and the uh, 49ers seem like the main contenders there. Uh, speaking of Drew Locke, he tested positive for COVID, so he's missing Thursday's game versus the Bears. Oh, God. All right. Well, I think – I don't know if he's vaccinated or not. I could have swore him and his girlfriend were, were just at, like, a wedding or something recently together. I bet. That's how I got it. <laughs> um, yeah, so I feel like, you know, uh, I actually got a text from my group saying that the draft for our league is on the 30th. So um, – Next week we can do our our bets, right? Mm-hmm. That the idea, and then um, the following week we can do a little fantasy preview. Um, and then kickoff is what the uh, eighth, right? I think I don't say. I hope it's not the second. I hope it's Thursday, the- Thursday the eighth. Okay, so yeah. We got okay. we got what to I guess. Three more shows probably before the season starts if we do something that way. And then that, you know, Tuesday or Wednesday, we could preview the uh, week one of yeah. that week. So. so that's what we got looking forward to on the docket. And we will not have a month hiatus this time around. Yeah, <laughs> the shows are going to be uh, coming um, <laughs> pretty much every week at this point. Yes. So. All right. Hope you guys enjoyed our NFC preview. Um, you know, it'll be interesting to see if the Cowboys can make as deep a run as, as Paul thinks they might. And I've got them losing to the Rams second round of the playoffs. So that'll be interesting. Uh, but uh, who is your pick to represent the NFC? Mine is the Packers. Uh, Cowboys. <laughs> no, like, I'm just going to say, it. if it's not the Rams, it's going to be the Cowboys. I'm just saying it. But I, I think it's going to probably be the Rams again. Oh, you, you think the Rams have a chance to potentially repeat? That'd be what, I right? do. I do. They're 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 loaded. They're too they're loaded. Good. Like, yeah, they are good. It'll be interesting to see what McVeigh does if he wins back to back. Because I mean, he'll win back to that Super Bowl by the time he's forty, right? I think I think he's I think he's like thirty five now, or yeah, he's like thirty five or thirty six right. now. So he's had a hell of a career so far. Yeah. 
But that'll do it for tonight's episode of Northeast Beat. We'll be back next week uh, with some college uh, college previews in terms of the betting angle as well as NFL. Talk about some over-unders we like and some uh, some prop bets as well to pay attention to during the NFL season. Hope you guys enjoyed tonight's episode, and we'll be back next week with another episode of Northeast Beat. Thanks, guys, and have a good night. See you.